Recently, I was part of the Fitness Reborn podcast with host Sean A. We talked about all things related to living a healthier, happier, more fulfilled life. A great conversation loaded with tips, strategies, and advice for how you can live a healthier, more energetic, and fulfilled life. Be sure and check out this latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast with host Sean A. as your host and myself, Coach Brad, as your guest. Welcome to another episode of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. This podcast is about living a healthier, happier, more fulfilled life. Every week, I interview a different expert bringing you the best in health and well-being, relationships, mindset, personal growth, and more. Whether you're looking to overcome depression, lose weight, find your true purpose in life, or be the one to attract the one, this podcast has the strategies, tips, and advice to help you unlock your true potential and go from surviving to thriving. And be sure and stay to the very end for a special free offer. Hello and welcome. This is the uh, latest edition of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movements ahead of workouts. And my guest today is Coach Brad Carlson coming to us from um, somewhat local, more local than uh, most of the people that I speak to uh, versus like overseas or anything like that. But, you know, local in the sense that he's on my my uh, my, my time zone. So he's on standardized time here. He's in Oklahoma. Uh, Brad, thanks for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking time out of your day and, uh, you know, I know you, you told me before we started broadcasting here that you regularly run in the morning, but didn't because of rain outs. Yeah, I'm, and I don't even know if I should call it running. I call it slow, easy movement. Like you just used the word movement too versus mm-hmm. exercise. I love that. I use the word movement also. So I do something called a slow, easy movement, which kind of looks like a run, but it's more like a waddle just to kind of keep my, my metabolism, you know, primed up and burning and, and all that. But I live in, I live the minimalist lifestyle in a, in a very naturesque area. There's a lot of running and trails around me, but yeah, it rained all night. So, so my dog and I were kind of got a little bit of cabin fever this morning. We got out a little bit, but not like normal. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha too. I need to get out more, do more runs too, because I have a race coming up in May. So yeah. Um, so I need more, I need more cardio work. So I need to find that extra bit of motivation and drive to get up early and, you know, get some more runs in. So, but that's a whole nother story in and of itself. But, um, all right. So Brad, what I like to kick things off here. So people that are listening, um, have a kind of just a conceptual background about where we're coming from here. And so they, you know, I know things about you, but probably no one else listening right now really does. So I'd like to kind of introduce you a bit more and just have you tell us what's your backstory here. What brought us to this point now that we're having this conversation? Yeah, you know, I'm your classic couch potato. It was 13 years ago. I always tell people my journey into the world of health and wellness started 13 years ago. I was lethargic, very uh, low self-esteem, self-worth, no passion in life, no drive in life, no purpose, uh, 50 pounds overweight. And I just was, it was November, 2009. I was sitting, I was still married at the time. I was sitting on the bed in my bedroom, in our master bedroom. And I just had this huge belly. Um, I call it my pot belly, my Santa Claus belly. And I just looked at myself and I, I just became disgusted with, you know, who I'd become and, 
you know, how did I let, you know, the, the question everybody asks is, you know, how did you let yourself get this way? And, you know, I, like anybody, I got caught up in the life work balance. You just, you just go to work and that was it. And you come home and you're exhausted and never gave much, much of a second thought to my health or my wellness or my overall well-being. I hadn't even heard of health and wellness 13 years ago. And, uh, and anyway, yeah, sitting on the couch that one day, I was disgusted with myself and that was 13 years ago. And, and here we are today. Uh, it's just been an amazing ride, amazing journey ever since. I never in a million years would have imagined I'd be uh, podcasting and, or a guest on a podcast, you know, even even a year ago. It's just crazy how life is always evolving and changing. So. Right, yeah. Don't you just love questions like that? It's like, oh, how did you, how did you get yourself like this? It's, you know, it's such a condescending sounding question. It's like, oh, how did I get to this point where I'm fat? You, you don't think I know that already? <laughs> Well, you know, and one of the things like you you mentioned, you know, in the beginning about finding more motivation to run in the morning, it, it didn't start out easy at all. Like, you know, I was on the yo-yo cycle for the longest time. When I first tried to, you know, do this, I, I remember I wrote a card. All I knew was I didn't know anything about nutrition. I didn't know anything about exercise. I didn't know anything about anything. And I had an exercise bike in my room and I rode it every day for three weeks and then I quit because <laughs> that's as long as my motivation lasted. So over the years, I've learned a couple of things and, and two of the things I've learned to share with your listeners is one, my health is, is top priority. My three priorities in life are God, health and family. And if health is not one of your, I always say if health is not one of your top three priorities in your life, you need to look at the priorities in your life that is going on because without your health you know the, the saying is your health is your greatest wealth without mm. your health you there you you're you're so limited in life and i've been blessed to work in senior wellness for a number of years and i've seen what happens when you're in your you know 30s 40s 50s whatever and you don't take care of your health it catches up to you i really really want to get that message out that if you don't take care of your health it does catch up to you later in life with pills and wheelchairs and walkers and doctor's visits and neuropathy and arthritis that doesn't need to be there obesity um uh the high blood pressure the cholesterol medications all that it's just none of that needs to be to be your reality, your loss of independence, that's another huge one. So I always really try to stress and encourage wherever you are in life, it's not too late. Start now. Right. We'll take a quick break from the podcast to hear this special announcement. Speaking of better health, more energy, and greater happiness, learn to create the life you deserve and desire with my Couch to Healthy 12-Week Wellness Program. In this program, you'll learn how to create the mindset needed for better health, healthy eating habits, proper exercise using the slow, easy method to burn fat, and some of the best strategies to get and stay motivated. The program is now 50% off for a very limited time. Click on the link in the show notes to learn more. And now back to our podcast hosted by Sean A. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there too, because I kind of woke up to that message or that uh, lesson, <clears throat> thankfully, pretty early on. I got on this board in my adult life on this board, it's been about 20 years now, I'm 39. So wow. it's, yeah, it's, it's been a, I, I was lucky enough that I got that message or I started to learn that message pretty early on. I mean, I didn't go into it really with that in mind. I had other things going on with my personal life and my mental health and I was looking for some yeah. sort of catharsis and this kind of, I don't even know how it came about. I just kind of like 
I got fed up. I got up. I went to a park. I went on like a three mile walk, just walking. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I just got up and bolted, really. I didn't prepare for it. I didn't have any uh, running shoes on or shorts or anything else. In fact, I was wearing blue jeans. And I just kept going. Yeah. I was drenched in sweat by the end, but that was really like the, uh, the jumping off point for me in my life. But yeah, you're right. Because now as I've watched my own parents, they're, they're getting on in years. My father's 70, my mother will be 70 here in about a week. And, um, my mom is doing good. I mean, for the most part, uh, she's fairly healthy. She's a fairly healthy person. My father is just a train wreck, and he knows it too. So I'm not saying anything he doesn't. I'm, I, 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 I'm not saying anything he doesn't know. But I, <laughs> and you know he wouldn't be listening to this anyway. But um, it really is, and it's it is a combination of you know not taking your care of yourself when you're younger, and now that he's older, just not giving a crap. You know. That's yeah. That that's a hard part. I, I yeah. Yeah, not not giving a crap, and it's unfortunate because what he may not realize is that his his lack of health will catch up with him, and not only that, it will the burden of taking care of him will fall to you as the son or or your mom or something like that. It it will definitely fall to someone else. Um, yeah, you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. I know. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 neat that I still have this profession, this health and wellness and coaching profession, and I've talked with other health professionals, you know, both on the podcast and, you know, in all walks of life that, you know, the message is getting out there about, you know, this idea of being healthy, nutrition, you know, all this, but as a, as not just as a country in America, but as a planet, we're like moving further and further away. Like we're more obese now than ever, uh, adult obesity, childhood obesity. And I, again, I, I said it a few minutes ago, I always try to stress health has got to be one of your top three priorities in your life. And if it's not, it's time to really sit down and reevaluate what your priorities in life are. And I want to emphasize too, for your listeners, I learned this lesson, you know, a while ago, but people always say, I don't have enough time. And I say, that's not true. What you don't have are your priorities straight. And I always tell people, you don't manage your time, you manage your priorities. And if health is a priority for you, then somehow, some way, the time always automatically shows up. If it's not, if the time is not there, it's because it's not a priority for you. Right. And, and I always like to, to emphasize this part too, because I'm, I'm working with a couple different clients. Um, the health and wellness journey is supposed to be fun, but it's not, people think it's about losing weight or getting in shape. I, I, I got off the, um, for a male, you know, even for men in our culture now, nowadays, Sean, you know, it's about having the big chest and, and the, the, you know, 3% body fat and the chiseled six pack abs and, and, and all of that. And I got off of that. I left that bag where I years ago. I'm like, that's not what being healthy and fit is all about. At least for me. Um, I don't think that's sustainable. You talk to those people that, that do that for those magazine shoots and they're, you know, in front of the camera, they're fine, but away from camera, they're miserable because of, you know, it's just like, you know, very low, you know, vegetables and protein just day in and day out. And that gets very old uh, very quickly. But I, I like to, to try to tell people, you know, and I'm running a, a series on my Instagram right now, training with Coach Brad about this, you know, how to get ready for 2023. It's not about so much setting a goal or setting, you know, New Year's resolutions. It's about developing a vision for your life. What do you want your life to look like in 2023? What what version of you do you want to have show up in 2023? 
And so that's always key is developing that vision and then really figuring out, you know, the mindset to go with that. You know, you can't have a, uh, 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 I want to be healthy. I want to be fit and healthy demeanor with a, uh, I don't have time type of a mindset, if that makes sense. So your mindset has to match your vision. And so that's the second part of that. And then the third part of it, like, like you were saying earlier, now how do I get up early in the morning? It's, it's a very deeply rooted why. It's an internal why, not an external um, a lot of people come to me, yeah, I want to be, have more energy to work with my grandkids. I'm like, that's very noble. Uh, but what are you going to do in 10 years when your grandkids are all grown up? Are you still going to have that why? So you've got to find that internal why. So having that vision, the mindset to match the vision and knowing your why, I always like to stress those before you jump into any sort of anything that looks like diet and exercise. And most people skip those first three steps the vision, the mindset, and the why, and jump right to the diet and exercise. And that's what I did for the first several years of my journey. And I kept falling off the bandwagon trying to get back on. You know, people ask, well, how do you stay motivated? It's because I have a vision, my mindset, and I know my why. And when you have those three, the motivation is just it's automatically there. So you don't have to get up at four in the morning. You want to get up at four in the morning. You get to get up at four in the morning, and you get to go run in the dark and the rain and and all of that. And it's such a pleasure and blessing for me to be able to do that now. Um, this morning was a little different with mud. Mud is, I can handle rain, but not mud. <laughs> but anyway, I just want to stress that for listeners. The, the health and wellness journey is really a journey of self-discovery, who you are. And it's such, what I've learned, it's such a beautiful journey. And people stress about it and try to make it hard and focus on diet. And it's none of that. It, absolutely nothing to do with any of that it has to do with that vision and who do you want to be in 2023 and i'm just saying 2023 because we're coming up on the new year but who do you want to be a year from now who do you want to be five years from now you know dream of becoming that person and step into being that person that's the vision and then start working on the mindset to match that oh i'm a lean mean health and wellness machine in 2023 you know use those power statements something like that and you know, develop that why. That's part of my journey, my story I'll get into today. But when I discovered my, I didn't discover my life for about two or three years. And so that's why I kept, you know, starting something and then stopping, starting and stopping, starting and stopping. I thought it was about losing weight and getting in shape. And that only works for, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months at the most. And then you, you start the cycle over again. That's why they call it the yo-yo cycle, the on again, off again cycle. Mm -hmm. But once I really tuned in with that inner why, you know, why am I doing this to take care? If I take care of my mind, body, and spirit, my mind, body, and spirit will take care of me. That became my internal why. I, I've never looked back ever since. And I've never I've long, long gotten off that yo-yo cycle. And, and health and wellness just comes automatically to me now. I call, right. call it the autopilot stage or the effortless effort stage. So it's, it's so the whole point of that, I'll, I'll be quiet because I know I like to talk around. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, it's supposed to be a fun journey. It's supposed to be fun, full of life and love and happiness and all that. And so many people stress about it because they're going about it the wrong way. They're focusing on the wrong things. They're focusing on diet, on exercise, on getting in shape. And that's not what it's about. It's about focusing on becoming that next best version of you. And what does that look like? Something that's realistic for you and your life and all that. And then just allow pieces of the puzzle to fall into place, you know, and I don't kill myself at the gym at all anymore. Everything I do is based on my slow, easy methodology and philosophy, keeping my heart rate low when I go out for what I, what other people will call running, what I call kind of like, you know, a 
blogging or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, incorporating natural movements, like you mentioned at the, at the top of the show about movement, you know, moving my shoulder joints, doing some high knees, you know, some step over, some open and close the gate type movements. This is all on my my um, health coaching program too for anyone that, that might be interested. But um, but anyway, yeah, it's supposed to be a fun, beautiful, lovely journey. It's not supposed to be stress at all. Right. I think uh, what really where people really go wrong, and we're talking about you know having these um, these fits and starts to your fitness journey, where you're you're onto something and then you fall off, you're onto something and then you fall off, and it's a repeat, repeat, repeat sort of yeah. um, phenomenon. I think you know everyone talks about having the why here, but I think what people get wrong is that their why is short sighted. So we give yeah. people this idea that their why is some sort of mission statement, some sort of temporary mission statement, like, because they try to, they try to regular people, they try to match, you know, their why with like the why of a professional athlete, for example, like somebody who has like a, a new, a new season coming up in their, in their given sport, you know, or a tournament or a competition of some kind. So they're getting ready for their, their, you know, a couple hours competition or tournament or series of tournaments or whatever. So it is a why that is meant to end at a certain designated time versus a why uh, that is like more long-term saying like, this is how I'm going to live from this point on. You know, I think that's probably where people are getting tripped up. Would you agree? Yeah, well, most people have what I call an external why, and you just mentioned about professional athletes. Professional athletes and military personnel are perfect examples of this. They spend the better part of 5, 10, 15 years, you know, being in shape because it's required of them. It's required of their job and their duty. But what happens, you see this a lot with professional athletes, as soon as their playing days are over, which, you know, is early 30s for most people, late 20s, early 30s, are the rare exception, you know, the Tom Brady's of the world, there are a few of those out there. But once they retire, they don't know what to do, and they let themselves go. They gain 50 to 100 pounds. I was just recently with a retired military personnel Vietnam vet, and bless his heart, you know, he was extremely obese, overweight, and now had diabetes and lost uh, his uh, a lower leg due to diabetes. And it's all because they were doing it for an external why and internal why. And that's why I said this is not about being in shape. It's not about, you know, diet or exercise. It's about discovering who you are. And so you have to go internal. This is something that's very contrary to our culture, to what we're used to hearing. We're used to hearing about, you know, let's get in shape to run 100 miles. Well, that's definitely good. And... If you've got that internal why, more power to you. But like I said, most people don't have that. So you've got to turn internal. Ask yourself, Go. Uh, there's a common exercise, the seven levels of why exercise. Why am I doing this? Well, because I want to lose weight. Well, why, do I, why is losing weight important to me? Well, because I don't have more energy to play with my grandkids. Well, why is playing with my, having energy to play with my grandkids important? Well, because then I'll be around longer. Well, why is it important that I be around longer? Because then I'll get to experience more of life, what I want to experience. Why is experiencing more of life, what I want to experience? Because then I'll be the person that I want to be. You see that? You see how you go there? And I got to that final, because I'll be the person I want to be. 
you know, has nothing to do with, you know, energy or playing with the grandchildren, which they thought it did on the surface. It has to do with being that person that you want to be on the inside. Your, your spirit on the inside is craving to, to be something. And so be that. And so that's what, that's when my whole entire journey changed. When I started, stopped focusing on trying to get in shape and exercise, I just started focusing on being healthy. My spirit just wanted to be this healthy person. And that's what I tell everybody as part of your vision, you know, choose that person you want to be. Who do you want to be in 2023? What does that look like? You know, a lean, mean health and wellness machine or something. Um, and then everything else just kind of came naturally. The healthy eating started to fall in place. The regular exercise, I'll use that word. I use the word movement now or wellness started to fall in place and all that. So it's, it's, you have to turn inward and do the internal work. And that's contrary to what most people understand and think. But if you want any, any journey, any business adventure, anything to be sustainable, you have to be doing it for the right reason. And most people, unfortunately, are not doing it for the right reason. And that's why they fall off and have a hard time getting back on. And then they don't know that they need to look for the right reason. Right. Exactly right. So I kind of want to I want to go uh, go back a little bit further. So we can we began the broadcast with talking about you know the events in the last twelve years um, mm-hmm. that got you to where you are now. So I kind of want to look back just a bit further. So before this, you said you were in the you were in um you were in your bedroom mm-hmm. in your house. You know you had this big belly, fifty yeah. pounds overweight, very unhealthy guy, and. Yeah. Um, what was your life life before that? I mean, I, I, were you just someone who struggled with weight your entire life, or was it just something that gradually crept up on you over time in, in your adult years? Yeah, I was so you, – you mentioned your age 39. This journey for me started I was 38, and I just turned 50, so thir- 13 years. But, no, I was fairly active athletic my whole life through my 20s. I was an active soccer player, skier, and when I lived overseas, I, I stayed active, a lot of hiking and everything. But – when I came back and I was married at 30, I, I did what most people do. I was married and my energy became the family, the house. You know, I spent tons of tons of time and energy fixing up my house. Uh, and then the career, you know, the career job took off. And so it was it was work, home and sleep and, and a little bit of family activity here and there. And my health and activity, I quit playing soccer. I quit riding my bike. I quit walking or hiking or even I was a little bit of a runner before in college and, and post-college a little bit. I just I just stopped all of that because I didn't really understand that my health was a priority. Uh, until that day, that fateful day, I, I was sitting on my couch and I saw that how I had let myself go is the expression in terms of getting overweight and all that. And then it just it was did a 180 from there and I've never looked back ever since I, I call myself the couch to healthy coach because I was the guy that was sitting on the couch and then did my first 5k and I did my first 5k and then like the energizer bunny, I just kept going and going and going until I became this, this health, this, I don't know, model of health and wellness, I guess. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of how it started. (laughs) So I saw something on your website that said something like, it really kind of caught my eye because you made mention that I think you were sitting in your house again, overweight, 38, 39 years old. And you know, you were, I think you were starting to go through your divorce or your divorce was in, in process or something like that, just the beginning or maybe in the middle of your divorce. And you may mention that your dog just looked at you in this pitiful way and then just walked, just, just walked away from you just looked at you sitting there looking miserable, looking overweight, looking depressed, 
just looked looked at you in this pitiful way and just turned around, and went back to its dog bed and just like said, nope. Yeah, so it's crazy. I thought you were going to mention that story. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That well, well, that that well that that was really um, <laughs> that really did uh, catch my attention. And I think you know, it sounds like it was really um, formative of the person that you ended up becoming. So, I mean, it's impossible to really know. But what, what did you think that dog was thinking of you? At that you time. know, that, that was my, I call it my second miracle because when he would not, you know, I was like, come on, boy, come over here. I mean, this is my dog, my best friend in the whole world. We did all kinds of stuff together, but he just looked at me like, you're a total loser. I'm not coming over there. He went back to his dog bed in front of the fireplace. And yeah, I was in the middle of my divorce at the time. And it was that moment, my life changed forever because it was in that moment. I realized some of what I've been saying that what we focus on, we become. And so anybody listening, that's really important. What you focus on in your life, you become. And up to that point in my life, I had been focusing on everything that I did not want to happen. I did not want to be unhealthy. Well, what was I unhealthy? I did not want to be a couch potato. Well, what was I a couch potato? I did not want to be an uptight, irritable, grumpy husband and father. Well, what was I? I was a very uptight, grumpy, irritable husband and father. And I asked myself, in that moment, well, what type of person do I want to be? I want to be someone that's more cheerful, someone that's full of, you know, has more peace in their life. And it's been a journey ever since to become that person, that person I want to become. And so anyone, I say this too, and not that I'm an expert in relationships, especially the romantic kind, but one of the keys is, as you as an individual have to show up as that person you want to be for the other person. So if you want to be the best husband, the best spouse, the best boyfriend, whatever, the best son, then show up as that. Um, and that's what I learned on that day uh, when my dog, bless his heart, he, he passed a couple of years ago. And I have a, a beautiful, another trail running dog that is, you know, the torch has been passed. But yeah, that was, that was a very pivotal moment in my life. Yeah. That was 2000, 2000, February of 2012 or 13. I can't remember exactly, but uh, yeah, smack, smack dab in the middle of the divorce then. Yeah. Right. Just uh, kind of the lowest point of low, huh? You feel like you just got rejected by a dog. Yeah, literally. Know? Yeah. Crazy. Your best friend. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, that really, that really kind of. You know, it did. It, I mean, I won't say it resonated with me because I don't. I don't have a dog, and I don't really know what that feeling is like. But I can imagine. You know, when you're already feeling down, and you can't even get like who you said was your best friend in the world to even have anything to do with you. Yeah, you know, I. I think that would just that would, for a lot of people that would be the final blow. It, it's it's funny, you know. <laughs> everything that happens in life is happening for you to build you, to mold you, to shape you had that event. Like had he actually come over to me and jumped on my lap, like he normally would have, I may not be sitting here today. I may not have had that epiphany. Who knows what my life would be like today. Had he not rejected me. So the fact that he did reject me, you know, was obviously a blessing in disguise. It's hard to see that in the moment, but looking back, you know, years later, it was truly one of the best things that ever happened to me that he did reject me on that day. So so in your uh, in your reading of you that I did, you also said that there is a secret sauce, knowing a secret sauce, quote unquote, secret sauce to having life work for you and not against you. So do, am I? Ha did I read that right? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a secret sauce to having life work for you and not against you. 
I'd like you to kind of go into that a little bit. So what do you mean by that? It's very simple. Choose who you want to be. Life is about being, not doing. And we've got that backwards. We all have our to-do list and think if I do my passion, then I will be happy. But it's actually the opposite. If I focus on being the, this type of person, my passion will automatically show up. Um, it's it's uh, it's called the be, do, have. I call it the be, do, have formula. You 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 focus on that person that you want to be. So in my case, I wanted to be this healthy person. That that became my focus from that point on after my dog rejected me. I wanted to be healthy and things just kind of started to fall into place like that. I just, articles started to show up about nutrition, um, more race events, uh, more online training programs. I took a program with Mark Devine, Unbeatable Mind. Uh, things just, <laughs> have you heard of that? Uh, oh, yes, I definitely have. And I have back and forth in the last couple of years or so, I've, flirted with the idea of doing that Kokoro thing that he does and uh you've had you've done it i have not done his Kokoro, oh. but i have um uh Kokoro is i i lived in japan and i speak japanese Kokoro means literally from the heart like when you do something do it from the heart Mm -hmm. the spirit give it give it your whole heart give it your whole spirit and now i've had a couple events in my life where that has happened and that's how i discovered my why one day you know take care of my mind body spirit it'll take care of me i yeah i would definitely recommend if you never had an experience like that definitely do it he's got he's got several of them he's got kokoro he's got 20x he's i i've lost touch with him over the last couple of years but i know he's he's got a ton of stuff but my point is, you know, whoever's listening to this right now, even you, Sean, if you haven't done this, you know, my series about getting ready for 2023 that's on my Instagram page right now and my, my Facebook, step one is develop that vision. Who do you want to be in 2023? So I, Brad Carlson, am da-da-da-da-da-da. I, you know, I'm working on, I am a confident leader of humanity. That's the person I'm working on becoming and stepping into knowing that I'm, I'm it's, it's kind of a, a catch-22, knowing I already am that person. It's a matter of understanding that I already am that person. So if you draw out your life in 2023, who do you want to be? That is the answer to that question is the answer is the secret sauce right there. You look in the mirror, you look at that person, you say, who are you? You know, who am I? And when you answer that person based on who you want to be, Okay, if you're a 50-pound overweight couch potato like I was, that's who I didn't want to be, but that was in my mind. Well, who do I want to be? I want to be a husband and a father and a person that is healthy and loving and kind and joyful. And so that's peaceful, and that's what I've been working on ever since, and I've come a long, long way. I, I wouldn't even recognize myself even like three years ago, much less 13 years ago. Like, who is that person, that Brad Carlson? I wouldn't even know. Um, but, yeah, and then... Um, you know, follow as term like for you, Sean, in terms of Kokoro, follow your heart, follow your instinct, follow your intuition. If it's telling you to do it, you've got that nudge, then heck yeah, sign up for it. Um, and what you get from it may be something totally different than what you think you'll get from it. That's just kind of how life works. So I just always follow that nudge, follow that intuition. And that's what led me into podcasting. And that's kind of what brought us here together today, too. So I've. Yeah, I couldn't be more happy and blessed with my life. <laughs> so, and you've already kind of touched on this already. What would you say is your kind of overarching philosophy towards fitness? 
because you, it, it sounds like you, you know, you had an idea. It's probably changed quite a bit over the years. You know, when you've been into something for 13 years, things yeah. are gonna, th it's never stag. It's going to change. I know it has for me quite a bit. Um, so when you are talking to say your clients about, you know, living, uh, living a healthy life, understanding what fitness is and what it's not, you know, making the, uh, the differentiations, the differentiations between, you know, myth and fact, and just being able to live that life. How do you guide them through that? Because that is like, that is a maze of different things. And like you said, like our conception of fitness for a lot of people and for us too, to some degree is always fueled by mass media and popular yeah. and popular culture yeah. and social media and things like that. Um, whereas we get this, you know, we see these people on their Instagram, we see them, you know, especially, you know, the algorithm is so brilliant because if you click, if you follow one celebrity, then suddenly it's going to have you suggest, it's going to be suggesting 20 more celebrities, just like yeah, doing all, doing all the same thing. You go on Facebook, you'll see ads for the same thing you clicked on, on Instagram. And it's just like, it just bombards you. And so you yeah. get the idea that you, you get the idea in your head that, um, and I actually had a conversation like this just recently with another guest. It's like, like, and in, in terms of like, uh, we were talking about yoga and she was talking about how yoga is not all these super triple bendy people all over face, all over Instagram, you know, who are doing basically doing acrobatics and calling it yoga, um, or contortion acts. And, uh, it's just, it gets to be too much. It becomes like a smog. And you get the idea that everyone out there, this is what fitness is, is this incredible, these incredible people doing these incredible acts of physicality. Yeah, you know, that's a great point for me to jump in. We, we have, well, with yoga, we have warped what yoga is. Yoga is an internal art. Mm -hmm. Yogananda, the founder of yoga, was a very much a, a like Buddha, very much at peace, enlightened, all that. It was all about internal. And that's why yoga was created to go internal and check with your feelings and emotions and, and connecting with your spirit. And we made it in the West about fitness, about health or exercise and about bendy, twisty. I can't do two thirds of that stuff. <laughs> um, but to kind of answer your question, my, my, my take on fitness, how I approach it. Yeah, it's changed a lot over the years. I used to be the hardcore competitive, trying to be a triathlete, better swimmer, all this. It's all about the time. It's all about the PR. And that works for a while. And, and that's good. And some people are still in that. I still have a couple of friends that, you know, even at our age, they're still all about the PR and, and they train for that. And that works for them. So more power to them. I'm all about the slow, easy, long-term, sustainable, natural movement. So the, the nutshell bottom line, what I tell people about fitness, it's not about diet. It's not about exercise. It's not about getting in shape. It's not about losing weight. It's not about any of that. If you want this journey to last a lifetime, which I think most people do, because I don't know any person that if I say, hey, when you're 80 years old, do you want to be in a wheelchair? Hey, when you're 80, do you want to be on a walker? You know, there, there are events that are maybe beyond our circumstances, a car accident, something like that. Um, even with good health, we could still have a stroke sometimes or, or you know, neuropathy. But as much as we can control, you know, our health, I don't know anybody that would say, yeah, when I'm 80 years old, I want to be in a wheelchair. Uh, so what I tell people, it's a journey of self-discovery. It's about discovering who you are and that person that you want to be. And everything else falls into place and becomes the byproduct. So 
the health, the exercise, the fitness, the diet, the, all that becomes the byproduct of that person you want to be. If being a bodybuilder is who you want to be, that's who you are, and that that resonates with you on the inside, then you're gonna you're gonna see that in the external world. But if your internal world is saying, you know, I want to go to left left field, and your external world is showing up right field, you need to you need to take a look at that because you're you're not on the same page with yourself. And that's, that's what makes the journey sustainable is when you get your heart and your mind lined up on the same page. Um, your mind thinks one thing, oh, I have to do this exercise or, or whatnot. But your soul just really wants, my soul just wanted to be healthy. Your soul just wants to be peace or something like that. And so you focus on that, realizing that all this stuff will then start to show up that, that helps you be that person. And it, it's kind of a... Um, it's not like the typical answer I'm giving. Most people say like, well, do do 20 minutes of this and 10 reps of this and, you know, keto this and paleogenic that or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, there's definitely, that's part to it. But again, for a lot of people, it doesn't work. It doesn't last. They still struggle. Like, you know, military people, I don't know any, any population that has more discipline than someone who's been in the military. Yet when they get out, they let themselves go. They gain 50 or 100 pounds. I know many military personnel that have gained weight. Because they have this whole paradigm backwards. So many people in the everyday world have the paradigm backwards. They think it's about exercise, diet, losing weight, getting in shape, getting the six pack, bending, twisting in yoga that they do all that. I've, I've talked with guests on my podcast that said, Brad, I did the meditation. I did the, the yoga, everything. It didn't work until I truly went internal. Every answer you want to every question in your life, every problem you have is an internal answer. It's being that person you want to be. And I, I don't know how else to say that in a way that doesn't sound weird or crazy or like far out there. And I hope it doesn't. But that's what changed for me. That's what will change for you when you realize this is a journey of self-discovery. Answer that question. Who are you? And your answer to that question will determine your future, what you look like, what you're doing, where you live, all, all of that stuff. So I'm an adventurer. Like, who am I? Part of who I am is as an adventurer and explorer. And so I live the tiny minimalist lifestyle in my RV trailer, and that works really, really well for me. That wouldn't work for the vast majority of people. If I ask somebody else, who are you? Well, I'm, I'm a home person. I want the house and the family. Okay, that's what works for them. So make, make fitness and exercise and all that the byproduct of that one question, who am I? Who do I want to be? Yeah, I think if more people probably devote the time to actually answer that question uh, more thoroughly and had a clear answer for it, I think like when they go and they try to do things like the exercises or they hire personal trainers, yeah. or they start they start running, they start lifting, I think that they would probably find it a much more easier transition when they're starting out because they, they got the hard part out of the way. They figured out what they were, what they weren't. But most of them, like you said, are just chasing false idols. Yes, yes. And they're and are, you know, getting uh, disillusioned when they reach out for something and it just kind of dis it just disintegrates in their hand. You know. Yeah, it's a little different because you know this journey didn't happen overnight for me. There, most people want instant feedback or instant success. They follow their, you know, people tell me all the time, "Oh, I got twenty thousand steps in today." And I'm like, yeah, but were they quality steps? I mean, were you bending, doing natural movement, bending, twisting? You know, were you getting your heart rate up, you know, to the slow, easy cadence that I use? And most of the time the answer to that is no. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, quality versus quantity. You know, 
I, I, I'll take a thousand of my natural movement steps over 20,000 regular steps of any person any day. So. <laughs> yeah, same here. I mean, I, I don't count steps. I kind of got on that for a bit, but then one, I was like two, I mean, number one, I don't think this is much fun. And I don't think one, I don't think it's, um, last. right, right. It doesn't last. I don't think it's physiologically relevant either. You know, I think it, I, I kind of really question just how relevant that is to your overall fitness. Yeah. The one thing I like about the couch to healthy lifestyle, there's no counting anything, no counting steps, no counting calories, no counting macros, no weighing anything. Um, there's no supplements of any kind. There's no specialized restrictions on anything. Um, I follow an inter, I call it intermittent eating, which is similar to intermittent fasting, but a little bit different. There are two key differences. Um, and I eat, you know, one healthy meal a day, sometimes two, but that's all I need. You know, when your metabolism uses fat for fuel, uh, versus sugars and carbohydrates, you, you, you know, one meal or two meals a day is fine. And I, yeah, I, that's how you, that's a major component to keeping weight off is, is the intermittent eating, uh, with, with my slow, easy cardio, uh, program that I teach. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of work still in, in the world to do, Sean. I'm, I'm so happy that you're having this podcast to, you know, get get this message out to as many people as possible. Doing my doing what I can. So um, just because I'm curious, like, what's the difference between intermittent fasting and intermittent eating? Okay, one is psychology. So when you okay. think about the word fasting, like, that word just gives me, like, shrills. Like, it's like, who wants to fast? Like, oh, God, I got to fast tomorrow for 16 hours. It doesn't get me excited. It doesn't get me motivated. I mean, you're right there, yeah. What do I enjoy? I enjoy eating. Oh, intermittent eating. So I'm always focusing on the positive, what I get to do, what I enjoy. And that keeps me motivated. So, oh, I get to eat. You know, that, that's a big part of it. The second part is really key, um, and this is because intermittent eating is based on how our tribal ancestors, our hunter-gatherers ate. They didn't, you know, eat in an eight-hour window and then fast for 16 hours. They would never say that. That's absolutely insane. They had no knowledge of any of this. They ate when they had food, and they ate, and then when they didn't eat, they didn't. They didn't have food. They didn't eat. You know, so intermittent eating is based, intermittent fasting is based on a, on a fixed schedule. You may, you know, that 16, eight window is a common one, you know, eat within that eight hour window and then nothing for 16 hours. Intermittent eating is based on a random schedule. So for me, my first meal, maybe at 830 in the morning, uh, yesterday it was at 330 in the afternoon. I only had one, one meal yesterday at 330. Um, today I ate at, at 830 and then I may eat later today at four or five. It's kind of based on not the time on a clock it's a very random schedule but kind of when you just naturally feel hungry and feel like okay i should eat now not because it's breakfast lunch or dinner and intermittent eating there is no breakfast lunch or dinner it's just meal one meal two very once in a while meal three and then very once in a while a, a snack here and there of some i don't know some uh, grain-free crackers with with uncured ham that's a common one i eat or i eat some pieces of, of dark chocolate a lot too i like that so um, but the two differences are psychology and schedule yeah, intermittent eating is a random schedule. Intermittent fasting is a fixed schedule. Um, to me, that's not how the metabolism works. The metabolism doesn't say, well, it's 16 here and 8 there. Our ancestors never did that. The other key piece to intermittent eating, which I really recommend for people, is 
our hunter-gatherers, before they ate, they were always traversing the land. Like, they would have to go two, three, four, five, six, ten miles or whatever, make the kill. They would cut it up and eat part of it right there on the spot and then bring the rest back to the village. So I always say in the beginning, when you're learning this, before you eat your meal, go for at least a one-mile walk, ten-minute walk or something like that to kind of get your metabolism revved up a little bit. That is so key to this this process this system is getting that metabolism to be a lean mean fat burning machine gotcha gotcha so i want to ask you because uh one you're you're 50 years old so you, you're part of that older quote unquote older population now I know, and yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, and uh you know i'm not too far from it myself <laughs> as weird as that sounds uh for me to say but um and i also i work with people who are older so people who are 50, 40 and beyond. And what do you think fitness means for someone who is 40 years old and beyond? Because we, we know what it means. I think it means something differently psychologically, I think, for the, for the most of us. But I think it's probably different in many multifaceted ways. Oh boy, that question, I can only answer that from my perspective. Mm -hmm. But for me, it means one, slow, easy. Um, all exercise I do should be slow and easy. I do one hit, you know, the high-intensity interval training. I still do that mm, twice a month maybe, maybe three times a month at the most for about 10 minutes just to kind of, like, I, I, I like to call it, like, when, what, what's it called when you're having a heart attack and you put those electronic pads on the person to jumpstart their heart or something? Right. So, so I like to keep my immune system, my cardio system, my organ jumpstart them, you know, a couple times a month. So I still do that. Um, exercise, it's all about wellness for me now and movement. I don't even use the word exercise at all anymore. I really don't even know what that means. It's always about doing something wellness to take care of my mind, body, and spirit. A walk in nature. Uh, reading a book, um, 10 minutes of, you know, sitting in my chair on a nice fall day, drinking hot tea, um, journaling. Um, but it's always, there's always a movement component to that. And since I understand about movement and natural movement, I do a lot of that. So, I mean, there's tons of videos you can see on my Instagram of me doing that. But um, it's about slow easy sustainable and it's about fun i do a lot of paddle boarding not this time of year but normally during the the, the good weather months a lot of paddle boarding um, it's not about the big muscles it's not about being in shape that i mean my muscles are still toned and everything at, at 50. i still have a little bit of a six-pack i'm actually kind of happy with that because i really don't pay much <laughs> attention to it I'm like dang that's pretty good you know i still i still got a little bit of one and it's still pretty good. <laughs> It's still pretty rock hard there, but you know I don't do anything on that. I do some core exercise all the time. Um, I do a lot more isometric exercises now, which is basically what yoga is. You know, you get in a position and you hold it, and that's stressing your whole body. So I, I do all whole body functional type movements now. I don't do very little like bodybuilding type isolation type movements, like just for the biceps or just for the shoulders or something. I, everything I do is bending, twisting, jumping, because that's what you're doing in the real world, stepping over, ducking under, um, pushing, pulling, all of that stuff. But I do it in a slow, easy, sustainable manner. Um, and then throw in some isometrics, um, yoga, and then throw in a couple sessions of, of high intensity, which for me could be just all out sprinting or some basic, you know, CrossFit type exercise. I did CrossFit for a few years, so I have a background in that and I can, I can do some of that on my own. So I don't, with my clients, so I just trained them down the so easy methodology. Um, 
and there's a five part program to that, I guess, too. But yeah, it's about so I, I like to talk. Sorry, Sean. I get, no, I get no, um, that's, that's fine. That's what you're here for. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's about slow, easy, slow, easy, sustainable, fun, natural type movements. And that word natural, I mean, any movement is now I raise my arm. That's a natural movement. I, I twist. That's a natural movement. So any I just call it any any movement that you would do in the real world. Right. So I think it's kind of funny, too, because, you know, when we get older in life, we go back to now we like to emphasize what you were saying, like the natural movements, just being able to move, move, yeah. in a, move in a way that's very easy and very kind of intuitive to us. Because yeah. you, you think when we were kids, that's what we did. We didn't that's emphasize. We didn't emphasize any kind of um, real me mechanical workouts. We didn't think about it as exercise. We just did stuff right somewhere in between like adolescence and young adulthood. You know, that message got overlooked it got passed over and now suddenly it's all about just like isolating the areas building the muscle you know getting big you know that kind of thing at least it is for a lot of people i shouldn't overgeneralize but it is for you know a good number of people that we went from just kind of being natural humans to being now these just um big muscly beasts <laughs> that are walking around gyms and it's it becomes all about aesthetics which yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't have any problem with sticks. I think everybody, everybody wants to look good. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I know I want to look good, so I don't penalize anybody for wanting to have like the athletic look. Um, but when it gets to the point where it's, it's so ridiculous where you're turning to things like steroids and stuff just to get a certain look. And I say this now in light of, the recent so-called scandalous re revelation of the liver king. He's on steroids. I mean, I, I, I say that quote in, in air quotes because it's like, well, just look at him. Did you really think he wasn't on steroids? <laughs> you know, but, this is a simple question. Why do you want big muscles? Mm -hmm. And beyond, beyond aesthetics, ego, they really can't give you a good answer. And so that's what it goes back to. Why are you doing this? You know, that external why versus the internal intrinsic why. Um, I've talked to some of these. I've been a guest on, on podcasts with some of these bodybuilding type coaches and that, yeah, I just want the big muscles. I'm like, okay, why? And then and now all of a sudden, like, they can't really answer me. They never stop to think about that. Um, because they want they want to look good. I mean, it, that is their that is their why or their answer to what what looks good and what looks satisfying when they see themselves in the mirror. Yeah, and so is that rooted in fear or is that rooted in ego or is it rooted in love? Because what what about you? Do you think doesn't look good now? I mean, are you falling under what society says you have to have big muscles to look good? Like I said, I got off that bad wagon a long time ago. Mm -hmm. I'm very fit, healthy. I have, you know, I still have a little bit of tone and definition, but I do not obviously look at me. I don't have big muscles at all. And I realized that, you know, that was just not for me. I had the Bruce Lee look once for, uh, for a while. That was, that was tough. I got down. I'm a, so I, I was 185 at my peak. Uh, at my lowest, I was 133 when I had, I call it the Bruce Lee look. And I had that for about three days. <laughs> That's about as long as I could sustain it. That's tough. Well, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee was kind of a freak. <laughs> yeah, but I was I was ripped chisel. My muscles weren't quite that big, but I was definitely ripped and chiseled. But I, I walk around now about 140, 141, 42. I mean, I yeah, I don't worry about that anymore. But again, I just ask those people, you know, if you're doing those big muscles based out of love, uh, you know, then more power to you. But if you're doing it out of fear, 
Uh, because you think you don't look good, you won't look good unless you have those big muscles, then we need to reevaluate something. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, kind of just going a little back a little bit further, um, sure. going back to the wellness question and the kind of energy that you want to you wanna build for yourself and sustain for yourself. Um, I'm going again on what I read in your, in your bio and on your website. Um, I'm going to keep referencing back to that because. Sure, it, sure. Thanks for reading. It, 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 no, no problem. It was a tr treasure trove of information about you. But um, uh, I, and I might have misread this or I might have not actually seen it, but I think I saw something, something like, like even after you got fit, you know, you got the weight down, you got the athletic look and you were, a, you know, a triathlon athlete and all that, that you still felt like you had uh, what you called forced energy that you yeah. had more, you had energy, but it was forced energy. What yeah. did you mean by, what did you mean by forced energy? I was fit, but I was not healthy. Oh, so okay. Having to force myself to run, to bike, to swim, to lift weights, to go to the gym, Oh. Uh, because I wasn't fully connected with my higher meaning and purpose, why I was doing that. And I wasn't fully connected with what this all meant to me. What is this all about? What do I really want out of this? And yeah, I was very fit, but not healthy at all. Today, I'm very, very healthy, but I, I'm, I'm not as fit. Like I, I was in marathon shape for many, many years, and I'm barely a 5K shape right now. <laughs> uh, so in terms of fitness, yeah, that's decreased, but my health has increased. I My self-love, my self-care, my, my perception of life. So what I mean by forced is that you're, you're, you're forcing yourself out of bed, like, oh, I got to do this. I got to put on the shoes. And it's not a want. It's not a desire. So your motivation is coming from a place of fear. Um, that, oh, you know, if I don't do this triathlon, people are going to think lesser of me. You know, if I don't do this hard run, I'm not going to be able to brag about it later in the day with my other, you know, my other friends. Because for a lot of, for a couple of years on my journey, that's what fed my ego was that, oh, what race did you do this weekend, Brad? And what was your time? And, oh, that's so awesome you're doing this, Brad. And, and that just, it, it, it got to my head. It got to my ego. And so that made me want to keep going, but I was doing it all for the wrong reason. I was doing it to satisfy other people. And I finally just looked back and said, you know, what does this really mean to me? What is this all about? And I just said, you know what? I just want to be fit, happy, and healthy. And can I be fit, happy, and healthy running a, a five-minute mile? Uh, for me, not really. Can I be fit, happy, and healthy running a 20-minute mile? Yeah. And that's when I started to develop the slow easy. And I realized, oh, God, my body doesn't hurt now. Oh, I can wake up the next morning. I don't have three days of soreness or lactic acid built up anymore. And I'm like, there's something to this. And then I just kind of started getting more into the literature that, oh, yeah, this, there's something to this slow easy. You know, take it easy on your body. Your, your body is built for long-term sustainability. It's not built for, like, CrossFit, like, high intensity day after day after day after day. And it's not built to do repetition after repetition in the exact same spot. Like, I'll... I'll I'll do like from point A to point B, I'll go three miles and I'll do, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 100 um, push-ups against a tree or something. Like I need to push myself off a tree to get over the next tree or under the next, around the next rock or something. So that's a natural movement, which is, you know, simulated by a push-up on the ground. So that's much more natural than getting down and doing 100 straight push-ups or something. Um, 
So yeah, the more I was forcing myself, the more my cortisol was not to understand this, was getting more and more and the more stressed out I was getting. So exercising was having the opposite effect. It was making me more stressed out. The more I trained, the more stressed out I got. But I had to keep forcing myself to get up and train uh, because of my ego. I was doing it from a place of fear. That's why I said I would ask those guys about, they want the big muscles. Is that based in fear? You know, And a lot of times I would venture to say the answer to that would be yes. So I had to take a step back and say, what do I really want out of this journey? Okay, I understand why I'm doing this, but what is it I really want out from this journey? What do I want to take away from this? And I just wanted a, a base, I call it a base level of fitness. And I just wanted to be healthy, which I understand healthy now means a lot more than, than exercise and diet. It means the, there's a spiritual side and emotional side and intellectual side. So it's incorporating all of that. And I just want to be happy. And I'm very happy when I can go for a slow, easy run for an hour and wake up and still be able to move the next day versus going out and training for five miles at, a, for me, an eight-minute mile pace or rate pace and then not being able to move for three days. That was horrible. Oh. <laughs> so especially as you get 40 and older, so you're going to start, the male body will start going through more changes, especially when it hits 40. You know, I'm at, I'm 50 now, getting ready, kind of in the early stages of for men. What we go through is called andropause, where our testosterone really drops off. You know, Mother Nature is starting to take over, and you know, we fight it as much as we can. I do the, I still do the weightlifting and all that. I tried to supplement. I'll admit, not too long ago, um, to help you know maintain or elevate testosterone. One of these natural herb supplements, but it turned my urine a dark, rusty brown. So I thought, oh, this is probably not good. So I quit taking it. <laughs> well, at least at least you uh, at least you uh, heated that little warning shot. So, strange. <laughs> I only took it a couple of times, and it looked like yeah, like rust, like rough color brick. I'm like, okay, well, obviously it's not getting absorbed into my system. My system is telling me something. So I yeah, I it. No, it was no, expensive was... too, like fifty dollars for a little bottle, and I only took it for like two days. I still got most of the bottle left in my in my for, cabinet there. Fifty dollars for rusty brown urine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gee, thanks so much. So I want to ask you something here, since we're talking about, you know, again, fitness and especially how it relates to popular culture. What do you think of like people like, say, David Goggins? And oh, yeah. Not, yeah. Now, I want to throw this out there right now. I'm not trying to shake up a, a hornet's nest here. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to beat the guy down. I don't believe in doing that. But, you know, and I followed him for a little bit. I even read his book, Can't Hurt Me. Great book. You know, I, I like biographies. And his story is inspiring. Um, but I wanted your take on him. You know, he's being who he is. I definitely admire and respect him. And that works for him. That that doesn't work for me. And that that's one reason I quit following Divine and the Unbeatable Mind community, because it was all about mentally tough. And mentally tough for them was about, you know, how many push-ups can you do in an hour? How long can you you know, hold a certain yoga position. Like they, they do that position, they squat down, they hold that 20 pound um, pipe over their head. I don't know if you've seen that on some of the videos. No, it sounds like an, an overhead squat. That's what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, overhead squat. Yeah, where they're, yeah, that with the, with the 20 pound. And then they'll come along with, with the water hoses and spray them down and all that. I'm like, that's definitely good stuff. And I, and that, that could definitely be part of your journey. And I, admittedly, I kind of went through my own version of that with triathlon training and Spartan mud training and all that. But like I said, it was, I was doing it for the wrong reason. And so I would, I would, you know, I don't know David's reason, you know, is 
what what is his motivation for this extreme lifestyle that he lives to push himself to the limits there that that may very well be who he is i i don't know and in that case you know yeah it is very inspiring to test the limits of human endurance certainly we need people like that um i'm testing the limits of human sustainability you know how long can i live it's a good way to look at it to be fit happy and healthy without all the 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 stuff and um so on one hand, yeah, I truly admire and respect him, but to, to push the limits of the human psyche and body, like he does, we definitely need people like that. And so that's his purpose on this planet. That's his role to fulfill in life. And so, you know, more power to him. And anyone that follows him, that's great. Again, I would just ask that question. Are you doing that out of love for developing to become who you are? Or are you doing that out of fear based in ego, like I was doing for many years? Mm-hmm. And that's when it led to actually the exercise was backfiring, you know, more stress and more cortisol because I was doing it for all the wrong reasons. Right. So again, it's that question, what do you want out of this? If, if I were to ask him that question, if I could get David on my podcast and ask, okay, you know, what do you want out of your journey? What do you want out of life? And if he says, I want to see how far I can push myself, then yeah, absolutely. He's, that's, you know, he's, he's there and, you know, more power to him. That works for him. I'm not interested in that. I've, I've been through a little of that. And I can only say I'm not interested in that because I did go through some of that. I pushed myself really, really hard with some of those Spartan programs, with some of the, the Mark Divine programs. I did do his eight weeks to seal fit. I did that twice. That was a pretty intense program. I did that too, right there on my shelf, right there. Eight weeks of seal fit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's an intense program. And uh-huh. at the time, was I able to do a hundred percent, you know, mm-hmm. if, if his book like said like a thousand, you know, flutter kicks, I would do like 500 or something. You know, I would start out the first time when I went through it, I did like 200. The second time I went through the program, like I would do more. Right. So, there was a lot where I never did get to the, the, the full amount, but I realized just one day running, you know what, my goal is, what I want is just to be fit, happy, and healthy. I want to be able to walk the next day. So I realized I can do that running a 20-minute mile versus running an eight-minute mile. So I took way, I, I took my ego completely out of it. It no longer became about time. It just became about fun and enjoying nature. And I realized when I'm out in nature, sometimes I want to stop for half an hour and, and admire the view. It's not just go, go, go on the trail. Yeah. So, I just kind of wonder, because and I realize that a lot of the Goggins, um, the Goggins image is branding, yeah. is, mar- is marketing. So I wonder just how much of that is actually 100% him. I'm sure plenty of it actually is, but I wonder if, if a lot of that is just kind of, you know, his marketing machine at work and kind of, because, you know, this is what he, this is what, He's, this is what sells David Goggins is this hard, this hardcore life is yeah. this, you know, uh, do or die attitude it is the, you know, push yourself, push yourself, push yourself. It is the conquering the mind, conquering the spirits, you know, making yourself steadfast and rock hard and is all that stuff too. And that stuff sells a lot, especially to men. Yeah. Men really respond to that kind of thing. I like to push myself here too. I have a Spartan race in, and Montana, it's a half marathon. I've never done that length, yeah. that kind of thing. It's coming up. Lot. Yeah, thank you. It's coming up in May. Yeah, I'll be 40 years old. I'm excited. <laughs> so I get that, the idea. Uh, is that the beast one? Uh, it's, the, it's, it's longer than beast. I think it's, is beast a half marathon? The it's beast I marathon. did was 17 miles. Ah, uh, well, this. I this did is, the, um, so there's, well, when I did it. trail run. 
Yeah, the middle one, which was the blue one, that was like nine, ten miles. So maybe that's maybe they push it to half marathon. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. cool. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, so I get that. You know, that stuff does appeal to me too. And you know, yeah. the um, eight weeks to seal fit thing. There was a part, and I said, there was a part in that book where he said, you know, every well, at least once a month, you should really challenge yourself with something real, yeah. just out there. And I did once. I did a, a thousand push-ups. Yeah, me too. Day. Yeah, I did that. It took me three hours to do it. I beat you. It took me two hours and 56 minutes. Oh, it was like three hours. That was like 44, 45 when I did mine. Uh, you got to rub it in, don't you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was like three hours and 19 minutes. It got, it got, yeah. me, it got me there. It was really kind of cool. It was really kind of cool too, because, you know, if you get to 400 and you, and you say, you know what, screw this, that's enough. You can you can feel okay about that, but when you get to like seven eight hundred and you say screw this, I'm done. It's like why you're already almost there. Just keep going. <laughs> right on rails for several days after that. But you know the funny thing, this was I did mine in 2015, so I would have been 44 then I think. But the record at the time was by a 56 year old man, I believe, and it was sub one hours, like 56 minutes. He did um, Yeah. See, those monsters are out there. <laughs> those monsters are out there. But what I was getting at with Goggins is like, because you talked a lot about doing things for the sake of ego rather than for the sake of, you know, what is actually going to benefit you and what adaptations you you hope yeah. you can get from something like that. And if I read this book, and if it's believable, his background is horrendous. I'm, you know, his uh, his father was just tyrannical, terrible to his brother, to his mother. His childhood was just, you know, he grew up in an area where, you know, they're like the only black family around. And so, you know, racial epitaphs were common. You know, his background was just terrible. And so I, a lot of times when I, especially when I hear him talk, I get, I just hear a lot of fear. I hear a lot of fear. I hear, a, and I hear a lot of repressed rage. You know, maybe, yeah. Like I said, I'd have to sit down and have a conversation. You know, what is, what are you really about? Why are you doing this? I, I agree. Part of it now is a, it's a marketing machine. This is how the world sees him, and so he's got to keep up a certain persona perception. I don't know. I've never talked to him. Is he doing it out of love or out of fear? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, well, I mean, I, I just, I get the impression, and this is probably not accurate because I don't know the man, but I get the impression it's like, like you, you just don't really have much of a life. You've torched everything else about being human other than this ultra, um, yeah. this ex continuous experiment into um, constantly pushing the boundaries of how much the human body can really take, you know? And I know there's some studies coming out. In fact, one of the guys, um, if you're familiar with the book Born to Run. Um, I've heard of it, yeah. One of the characters, I want to say Barefoot Ted, but I can't remember. But, you know, these long-term hardcore guys are, are having heart attacks in, in their late 40s, early 50s because they're pushing. I mean, the heart is a muscle, too. And when you strain it beyond human capabilities over and over and over again, eventually it's going to give out. Um, and we're seeing that more and more with some of these extreme athletes that are having heart attacks in their late forties, early fifties, because they've, they've pushed it too hard, too much for too long. And that's also me. I, I didn't want that. I got, it was so like when I did eight weeks to still fit, I was sore every day for three months. I mean, I'll, I still remember that to this day. 
Um, and I, let me say, I should, another reason, and I, I do truly love Divine and, and, you know, what he's done. And I think there's a lot of ego about that because take away Navy SEAL from Mark Divine and what is, what does he have? I, you know, I don't know, but well, he's, got his martial, he's got his martial arts background. That's still there. Yeah. And, and, and his yoga, but you know, without Navy SEAL, would he, you know, he's used Navy SEAL to build his brand, which he has, that's. You know, I didn't. I thought Navy Seals couldn't do that, but that's that's up to him. But I, I love what and I love what he's done and what he's doing for men in terms of challenging them and pushing them mentally. And I got to the point where I said, you know what? I don't need to do a thousand push-ups to be mentally tough. Um, I need to really look and learn who I am. That's my definition of mental toughness. And when I went there, I realized, you know, what? I don't necessarily. Mental toughness isn't a priority for me. I want to be emotionally and spiritually tough, which then became emotionally, spiritually stable, which then became what I say now, a source of love, health, and happiness. That's my whole mission on this planet is to be a source of love, health, and happiness for as many people on this planet. And I told myself, and this is where it gets tricky for me. I told myself, you know what? I don't need to do a thousand push-ups to be able to do that. But... To get to where I am today, I did have to go through eight weeks of self fit and push myself really hard. I did have to go through five years of, of Spartan training and triathlon training and pushing myself really hard, CrossFit training, two years of pushing myself really hard to get to that realization that I don't need to do a thousand push-ups to be, to be the strong, tough, spiritual person, mentally, spiritually, which is what I want to be. So I kind of had to do a lot of that stuff that David Goggins did, but at a lesser level, lesser scale, to get to where I am today. Had I not gone through that, I, I wouldn't be the person I am today. So it's kind of a catch twenty two for me. Yeah, and maybe it will be. Maybe it'll come to that point too for Goggins, where you know he re, he'll. I think he's. I think he's in his late forties now. He'll get to fifties and mid fifties and say. You know, maybe then he'll kind of dial things down. But then again, maybe not. Maybe this is how the man is actually wired. Maybe it is. Maybe he'll jump on board my so easy, sustainable bandwagon. Maybe, 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 maybe. I don't know. Yeah, who, who knows, you know. But uh, all right, Brad. So as we um, start to bring things to a close here, uh, I like to end every broadcast with a kind of a closing tradition where I ask them, because we end up talking about a lot of different things. We go across mm. different topics. But I like to kind of summarize things here. I think you did this pretty early on, but I want to kind of reiterate it again. Summarize things here. Like if you could have people walk away with one message, if they, if nothing else, what would it be? Be the source. Be the source of that person that you are. Your purpose on this planet is to be who you are. So ask that question, who are you? And then be that source for others. So who am I? I am a source of love, health, happiness for the world. So everything is an internal journey. And when you find that, everything else is a byproduct. The diet, the exercise, the mental toughness, all of that becomes a byproduct of, of that one question. Who are you? And then be the source. There you go. Doesn't get any, doesn't get any more simpler than that. <laughs> all right. Well, Brad, uh, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for the conversation. No, thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Truly, it's it a pleasure. Thank you, Sean. This has been a, this has been an amazing, amazing podcast experience. Thank well, you. For that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And um, those of you who are listening, I will put uh, in the show notes, as always, I will put contact information to the Instagram, to the Facebook, to the website. I will provide ways in which you can reach out to um, Brad Carlson uh, if you're interested in his uh, his training programs. Um, 
And as far as myself, obviously I have my own training programs online. I'll put connections to those as well. Um, programs that are meant to help with strength, coordination, neuromuscular functioning. I have those online. You can, I'll provide a link, clicking into them as much as you like. And um, also too, for those of you listening, if you got value out of this program, if you get value out of this podcast, please do consider giving a review on, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. It really helps out a lot. It really increases the amount of visibility that the, uh, that the show gets. So if I can ask one thing of you, I would ask that. But uh, until next time, Coach Brad Carlson, thank you again for your time, man. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. No problem. All right, everybody. Peace out. Till next time. This has been a production of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. For more information on how you can work with me, my products and books, including my all-new book, The Slow Easy, A Beginner's 12-Week Guide for Getting Fit and Healthy and Running Your First 5K, visit my website at www.trainingwithcoachbrad.com. This book introduces a whole new method to being fit and healthy, something I call the slow easy. Be sure and look for that. You can also find all of my social media handles there, trainingwithcoachbrad.com. And remember, if you like what you have heard, please pay it forward by hitting the subscribe button, sharing this with a friend, and leaving me a five-star review.